Happy New Year! Oh my gosh, uh, 2022 is over, now we're into 2023, hopefully on to grander, better grander things, but I'll tell you what won't be grander, the anime, because holy shit, 2022 was just a fucking baller year for anime in every aspect. Yeah, I just don't see how we're going to top 2022, um, it really was, like looking back at it, it was... And it's, it felt like such a long year of anime. Like, there's some animes I'm like, damn, that was this early this year? I'm like, that's insane. Like, this year is just like... It, and it's funny because it kept getting better. Like, I feel like yeah. it usually... Like, it's like one good season, maybe not a good season. Maybe not another good season, maybe another good season. But I feel like it just kept adding on to it. Right. By the way, this is Logan. That's Ozzy. We're yeah. the An- Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast. But, uh, I mean, I, we want to get right into it because there's a lot to cover. And I guess... I was kind of blown away, too, just because of how good even the last season was where you kind of forget about all the stuff that happened earlier in the year. Like, Kometsu no Yaiba Season 2 came yep. out at the start of the year. And Attack I like, on Titan, the end season, like, second part of it came out, too. It's like, wow. Yeah, I refuse to acknowledge that until it finally fucking ends. I'm I know, tired right. of hearing about how it's part two of the end season, then we got to wait a full year for the next It's season. wild, dude. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, point is, a lot of really good anime, so as we've kind of gotten going, this is our end of the year wrap up. Yeah. It's sad to see it go, but uh, we had plenty of fun experiences. Yeah, we um, did. We, we really enjoyed this season, and uh, we just wanted to take some time to have some fun to kind of give out some superlatives, maybe give out a few best ofs, uh, and just kind of celebrate what we had this year of, of 2022 anime. Um, it won't be a too in-depth. Uh, we're just going to have fun with it. And uh, hopefully you guys can either agree. And maybe uh, if you don't, then send us an email and we'll probably won't read it. So Yeah. I mean, I'm really good at ignoring emails at this point. Exactly. Got... My job is basically that. Um, but anyway, so I guess with all that said, let's get into it. So we're starting off as superlatives. We're just going to cover some basic fun ones. But uh, this actually kind of became a serious contention for us. Both because Ozzy and I are kind of into music, and also because uh, there were some fantastic openings and endings to anime uh, this year. Uh, in fact, we had a whole episode in the fall season talking about how good some of the an- anime openings were. Yeah. Um, so, I guess with that started, let's talk about our best OPED combo. Um, we were not going to spend extra time... Talking about OPs and EDs individually, we wanted to kind of judge it on the overall experience. Yeah. So, uh, Ozzy, uh, you're the music you're the music guy. Do you want to kind of get us started with uh, which what our uh, nominees are? Yeah. So uh, our first nominee is Bochi. So uh, everyone knows about Bochi the Rock. So uh, that OP and ED, um, I we really enjoyed. So we put it up there as a. Our first nominee. Uh, our second nominee is uh, Urise Yatsura. Now, this one was a little bit not as hype, uh, I think, and not on everyone's radar, but it had some pretty good, uh, it had a really good opening AD music wise. Um, our next one is Call of the Night. Uh, if everyone can remember, I think that was spring season. That was the, the vampire uh, with the guy who was, um, what, like a narcoleptic, couldn't sleep. So uh, that one, uh, I think people forgot about it a little bit. Uh, you want to talk about the rest, Logan? So we also had Chainsaw Man, which oh, of course. is going to be a, a little unfair when you've got thirteen. I'm just going to say, like you know, us saying and also Chainsaw Man is probably going to be a recurring theme as we go down the list. Um, 
Spy Family. Uh, specifically, Spy Family, we had the... Uh, oh, yeah, we concentrated... Second, second season. Yes. And that also reminds me, Chainsaw Man, I don't think we picked a specific ending. We're just going to say merge them all together and be like... Yeah, yeah listen to all 13 at the same time. <laughs> the time, yeah. Um, and then finally, we have, I think, our personal... Uh, kind of like touched our heartstrings, do-it-yourself, which had... A very unique and kind of a thoughtful opening that tied in well to the themes of the show. Um, and low-key, we're going to say that there were a few additional ones that didn't quite make the list. We have Bleach, which had some fantastic art. Yeah, the OP and, was banging, the all-pink OP. Oh my gosh. But honestly, it kind of felt like either the ED or the OP had the miss where it's like, this is fantastic art, the song just doesn't quite hit. Or it's like, the song is amazing. The art is kind of yeah. Like that's bland. usually what the honorable mentions have. They just like either had one good one and just maybe had something that fell flat. Yeah, uh, Demon Slayer, which I think we both liked and respected. It just didn't hit us the same way. I guess some of the other ones did. It didn't. I think the tempo and of of that didn't quite match what the show kind of represented. So I was kind of thrown off by that. And then finally we have Gundam, uh, which Ozzy is just like I over love. The moon I, about. I have a huge um, like I like Gundam in general, but the OP and ED were great. They were very upbeat, um, and I love female vocalist. Uh, some of it had some ED influences, which I usually don't like, but influences I can take. Um, but I think that one also had a the ED was a little bit uh, the OP was a little bit just kind of generic. And when we say this, these are great OPs and EDs. It's just the other ones just outshined them a little bit more. So. Right. So with all that said, I mean, let's we'll go ahead and knock off a few. I think Chainsaw Man, as much as I love it, is very unique. It's I kind of I kind of think is not because of the different endings. Unfortunately, it just didn't stick with us as much. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I want something to stick with me. I mean, some series go through maybe one or two changes. This one going through a change every time. I appreciated that. I thought that was really cool of the studio to do. I thought that all of them basically were pretty cool, but. I, it just doesn't stand up with some of these that had like very memorable ones, right? right. In that same t kind of vein, I think uh, Spy Family had some some fantastic art and some good music, but it kind of got lost in the in the shuffle. I guess if that makes any sense, where the music itself kind of felt pretty generic, and while the art was amazing, um, I think we kind of left almost forgetting about it because it was kind of just it didn't really tie in well with the rest of the anime if that makes any sense maybe the ending of the second season but yeah uh so with that we've got bochi urusei yatsura call of the night and diy uh i'm gonna go ahead i know we both love diy but i don't think that's really gonna be in the top tier and Honestly, Bochi is kind of in the same block with me, where I love the art and I love, love, love the music, but I don't know. I just don't think that it had the same... I don't think that it kind of merged the same way. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Ozzy? Yeah. I know, uh, this is where we started getting into the discussion part. So. Yeah, and honestly, I I wouldn't have disqualified Spy Family so early. Um, I think that it's up there probably with the final two or three. Um, but you're right. I would say that... I don't think I love DIY the music, but the animation um, doesn't necessarily separate it a ton. It was fun. Uh, Bochi, I think the animation was was good too. It was really funny. Uh, it was really cute for the ED, and the music was also very wonderful. 
But I just think that the finalists, like the ones that I would pick, I think stand out a little bit more. They went that, it just, it was a little bit more special, I guess. Um, and it's not like it was good or bad. Again, I'm not trying to say like, oh yeah, Spy Family's OP was terrible. No, it was amazing. Um, so, I mean, I think it's down, I mean, we're down to Urisa Yatura and Call of the Night, but I think it's pretty, I think, I think we're pretty much on the same board of, uh... Yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't watch Urusei Yatsura, so when you showed me the opening, I mean, obviously it stands out because it was more frequent, but I mean, I'll just be straight, the music was much better, it reflected the kind of the theme of the show, and the art, and kind of the theme of the whole intro, with her kind of popping up everywhere, and also tying in the manga shots, and... Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. it was... That's definitely... And it was a step above pretty much everything else on the... I definitely like that as the OP. It was very straightforward and simple. Uh, but I think... I personally think that the ED just did not deliver as, as well. Uh, I thought that the music was also great, but the ED was just uh, kind of stills, just kind of rotating images. So it was not as much effort, which, again, I'm not going to knock people for. It is the ED. I don't feel like people put a ton of effort into it. Uh, but personally, I think my favorite, it has to go to Call of the Night for me. Um, well, we talked about this when we originally kind of brought it on, and again, it's it's a hard show for, I think, most people to remember, but Call of the Night is really a show that's about the vibe that it kind of establishes and how it puts everything together, and I think that the OP and the ED definitely kind of define that in the show, and I will say that I think... <laughs> Who, what's the name of the band again? It's uh, Creepy Nuts. Creepy Nuts does a fantastic job on both the openings and the endings here, and I think the art feeds into it very well. So, Well, it's like Creepy Nuts also does one of the, the original OP for Spy Family, and if you remember that one, that one's a very like jazzy, musical, upbeat one. And uh, the ones for Call of the Night, they were kind of upbeat too, but they had more of like a hip-hop feel, very like flowy, very like fast um, pronunciation. And I think that's why it stuck out a little bit more for me. I think I preferred that because I think most OPs are very like guitar driven, very like just straightforward driving. And this one just kind of did it a little differently. Uh, so that's yeah. why I really like the music. And then the animations, uh, like you're right, like it fit the, like the feeling of the show. It like focused on that like color, uh, like tonal shift that it did in the show. Like sometimes it would be like in a brown, like yeah. sepia, like kind of look. Sometimes it'd be like a blue. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, when you're talking about that, I mean, there. Were, I think most people are going to cut on us because this one didn't have as much motion in it, but I like the way that they adapted the the lighting and kind of the color effects where... It's like water splash. Yeah, like things would kind of fill in yeah, yeah. as you went along. So, yeah, I, I, oh, I really... And sorry to interrupt you, but the OP also had one of our favorite like moments in the OP where like... Um, it was funny too because like it was just kind of like your normal like introduction of the characters, them playfully playing in like their setting, and then the music cuts to like what you think is the ending, and it has that second ending where it shows all the characters in a director's room, and they all fall as the song says, "We keep falling, falling." And I thought that was a cool thing. You, you, you and I both picked up on that, and oh, yeah. we really appreciated that. I, I like that. That's no. main. That's another reason why I would give it to them over everyone else. So. I think we're in agreement that uh, best OPED goes to Call of the Night. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough call, but that's the one we're going to roll with. So, uh, Next up, so this one I think will probably require less discussion. So we've got our best hair category on the year. Because there was some wild hair out there. Uh, 
let's see this season. So there's a lot of pink hair too. We almost wanted to make just a pink hair category. Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, it just fell just short of that. I don't know. I because eventually, eventually, you kind of figured out that all the pink hair was just long hair, and then occasionally they would tie it up in a direction, and you're like, eh. But anyway, best hair, best hair. Our nominees are Anya from Spy Family with her pink hair pigtails comboed with. The cones. What are the? They're cones. I think, like, yeah, they're cones, but I'm not sure what they are. I, I'm not sure if they're just like what holds her hair up. She's but, got like horns. Yeah, they look like horns. <laughs> yeah. So uh, her cones. Next up, I'm gonna let you describe this one. So uh, the entirety of the, the blue, blue lock, lock team. team. Yes, because you just look at them, and not only do they have nice hair, but they all have distinctive colors, just like like if it was like an idols thing. Like they all have like some of them have blue, some of them black. I mean, well, of course, black, but some have blue, like purple, like uh, there was one guy with like orange hair, and they all had like this nicest looking hair. Like if you can imagine Cristiano Ronaldo on the field, but like nice and cut and just like in shape, and the physics in the hair was done well too. So that's another thing that I want to add to it. Like when they were playing, their hair stayed nice and looked good. So I kind of want to put them in there too. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um... Next up, we got Marin. Yep, dress uh, up darling. Dress up darling. Who, I don't think her hair is very complicated, but it's a long, nice long. Has long, like the flares at the it's end. It's got of, like, blonde color, hair, color. but it's got the highlight into pink transition, yep. which they did a very good job with the animation team. Uh, next up, David Martinez. Uh, Man's from, got a nice fade. I'm just so yeah from uh, Edge Runners. And I gotta say, I just don't see a fade a lot in anime. And it was a very good fade. I was he had impressed. like a nice design on the side of his yeah. head. It looked clean. Yeah, so I was kind of... That's really what put that on there for me. And finally, uh, we have uh, Lum from Urusai... Yatsura. Yatsura. Yeah. Um, so she she had uh, long greenish blue hair. Almost kind of looked like a galaxy. It, it kind of almost looked... Yeah, kind of... Like a river like, flowing. I was considering it more like, yeah, a water tank yep. or ocean okay, yeah, yeah. or something. But yeah, and then also it could change colors on occasion. Uh, so, yeah... Do we have any honorable mentions in this category? I can't think of any. I would, I would put the uh, and excuse me, I don't remember her name. The girl, the the vampire from Call of the Night, just because that was kind of unique how she tied up her oh, hair, tied yeah. it up. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Um, give me a second. But yeah, um, it's, yeah. But I don't think Ko. there was anything. No, super, Ko's a guy. Yeah, Nazu- I don't think, Nazuna. Yeah, I don't think there was anything super that we missed out on here. Those were by far the most. Yeah, this is our one of our fun categories, but I think uh, I think we're both in uh, agreement yeah, that we're the, gonna. There wasn't to... there wasn't a whole lot of discussion needed here. Um, we're gonna just go with Lum. Yeah, because and it's kind of unfair because she's an alien and her hair literally almost looks like it has its own life to it. It probably might. Uh, the rest of them are humans with like uh, you know kind of straightforward hair. Even though David Martinez was a very close one, his barber is very nice. I kind of want to find out who his barber is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of put him on because I needed a good guy group. You put in the Blue Lock team, and I respect them, but that's kind of everything you described was also also kind of generic, generic anime right. t- hair. Yeah. Anya and Marin were kind of unique. Lum, Lum's a whole other category. When yeah. you need a whole animation team to do She'd your hair, it, was, <laughs> it does it feel that like, way. It was like that's the one that you're going to go with. But yeah, so Lum, best hair. All right. Next up, we've got. Best couple. So, oh yeah. Originally, we were doing best bromance or romance, but we just decided to simplify and make it all one category. So, 
best couple in general. So either one. And this doesn't have to be romantic. It could be uh, platonic. But yes, either one. So I'll let you go ahead and roll it off. So our nominees are Lloyd and Yor from uh, uh, Spy, Spy Family. Family. Uh, Chisato and Takina uh, from uh, Licorice Recoil. Recoil. Jesus Christ, I can't speak. Uh, our next one is Call of the Night. So Nazuna and um, uh, To Do. What's his name? Uh, Ko Ko. Uh, Gojo and Marin from uh, Dress Up oh, Darling. darling. Aharon Son and Rido from uh, Aharon Son. Um, Bochi and Crippling Depression. Uh, um, but actually, Bochi and the rest of her band. Bochi not, not, and the rest of her band. So. Uh, although Crippling Depression does match with her very well, so I don't know. Uh, and then, and then um, the more than a married couple couple. So I was actually going to ask, uh, more than a married couple but not lovers. Is this the like the main couple or the other couple? Because they have like two couples, right? I thought we were going for the main couple, but uh, I'm fine with. How no, that's cool. No, so the main couple would be. Uh, Jiro and uh, what's the girl's name? Akari. Yes. Like the punky girl. Yeah. And I think we're going to cut it short on honorable mentions just because we've already got so many yeah, in that's this a category. Lot. Uh, there are obviously a lot of couples in anime. Uh, so excuse us if we left out your favorites, but I think that's a fair number. Um, all right. So. But really, uh, we're just going to get down to the two that I think that we were kind of discussing that um, that are close and kind of give an image of what a couple could be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic couple, but uh, at least I thought we were down between Gojo and Marin and Chisato and Takina. Uh, wouldn't you agree? I think that's what we were coming down to. Yeah, I just realized that we left out uh, Tadano and Komi-san, but that's fine. We'll put them on. They'll get there. Anyway, yeah, once they actually become a couple, we'll, we'll call it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I mean, running down the list, Lloyd and Yor aren't really a couple yet, even though the feelings are kind of starting to develop. Uh, more than the married couple, I think that's more on us. We just didn't really watch that. So I think they are kind of following the generic recipe there. Bochi was cute, but they weren't really... Their whole group wasn't really a couple. Call of the Night was fine. Aharon and Rido were great for each other. Gojo, Gojo and Marin reflect really the best of a technically romantic, romantic couple. couple. Yeah. yeah. And I think normally, if you were just looking at a traditional standpoint, they would be the best because they both bring out the best in each other and they help each push each other forward and kind of develop, and they both clearly have, like, affection and feelings yeah. for each other. Yeah, and, like, I think the biggest thing was, like, their relationship developed naturally, like, just helping each other. Like, none of them went into it with the idea of, like, hey, let's, let's, let, I like you. It's, it's like, hey, let's help each other. You're a cool person. Let's have fun together. And then it kind of moved on. And I think the biggest thing that I liked about their relationship is they showed a girl fawning over a guy. Because I feel like they usually concentrate on the opposite side of that, where it's a dude that fawns over the girl. Yeah. But, like, they actually showed her kind of really falling for him, and I enjoyed that aspect. So I definitely think that from a traditional standpoint, yes, romantically, I think that they're the ones, that they're one of the best. Right. Um, um, but I'm actually going to make an argument for Shisato and Chisato. Shisato and Chisato. Yeah, okay. It's Shis- not Cher. All right. Shisato and she- Takina. Uh, fuck. Yeah, all right. Anyway, so I think if you look at these two characters from uh, Ligorous Recoil, I think they have such a positive influence on each other and kind of 
rock the world of each other in such a way that you enjoy watching their relationship develop over time in the story. And you kind of realize the as they're slowly kind of helping each other become better people, which is really what a couple is kind of intending to do is that they're enjoying each other's time together. They're kind of learning from each other. And they're also, you know, becoming best friends and kind of developing over time and dealing with each other's pasts and uh, pushing each other forward. And I think there's something really to be said about that uh, as you kind of get into it. Uh, even though they are not formally, you know, like girlfriend or any of that. Yeah, there's no, I mean, people can argue that there could be, but the show did not lean towards the romantic side. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what makes them the best like pairing, I guess, if that makes any sense. I agree. And I like situations where like, yeah, could it happen? Yes. But does it have to? No. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also just the idea that these two are going to be the perfect pair and they kind of almost know it. You know, as soon as they've, you know, they don't know it off the bat, but as they go, they've kind of figure out that, like, this is the person I'm destined to be with. Yeah, that's... Where, whereas Gojo and Marin, you almost kind of get a vibe that, like, the second they meet each other, it's like, okay, this is... We already know where this is Well, yeah, is that's going. a thing. It's yeah. easy to see it when it's not a, uh, what, uh, tr- when it's not a... Tra- when, it, when it is a traditional straight couple, uh, but... I guess with this being two girls, sometimes people don't necessarily see it, but it can happen, obviously. Um, and um, but yeah, I think I do like them as a power couple, as just like them together because they do bring out the best in each other, and they kind of showed more of a sacrificial thing with them. Like uh, Takina pretty much gave up on her whole like mission to want to be with the main group, the main core uh, of um, what's it called? What's that agency called? Uh, shoot. Uh, I forgot the main agency in that uh, in uh, Licorice Recoil. Li- it's not liquor. I don't Maybe know. it is. Uh, but she gave up on that to be with uh, you know her friends in this case Chisato uh, and uh, the entire uh, coffee group. So it's, it's, it's things like that you know that kind of really I enjoyed their characters yeah, together. Right? I didn't think about that right either. But I think that's kind of talking about the well-roundedness of it, where it's like Gojo and. Uh, Gojo and Marin don't really give up anything. They just yeah. kind of get together. It's, it's uh, traditional. Chisato and Takina deal with also the aspect of uh, sacrifice and other yeah, things. Yeah, losing each other. Yeah, so yeah. I, I agree. I think I will concede and say that uh, Chisato and Takina have to take this as best couple for sure. All right. So next up, uh, we do have Glow Up. I'm just going to burn through this real fast because I think we're both on the same page. So Glow Up is the character who developed the most over their season. For this, we've got Boji from Ranking of Kings, Bochi from Bochi the Rock, Mob from Mob Psycho 100, David from Edge Runners, and I, I don't remember his name, but Yakuza Babysitter Guy. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that because yeah. we're not really going to talk about it much. Uh, all these characters developed and changed over time. I think it's pretty easy to say that Boji from Ranking of yeah, Kings there's no question. changed like by far the most. And I in mean, the best way because David did have the most extreme change too but in the most negative way possible. Yeah. I just put him up there for fun because I was like yeah, he had a glow up in the wrong way. In the wrong way. Well, it actually it kind of came back around at the end but it, that's that's a whole other discussion but about yeah. the animes about being cyclical. Anyway, Bochi definitely developed but hasn't really hit the like full bloom stage 
Mob is an unfortunate circumstance because I think Mob developed a lot, but this is also the end of a series right so that was he was my second he he was definitely the the runner up but uh you know he had a whole series to go through and if you leave it as just that season alone he didn't really make a ton of growth till the last episode where he finally accepted who he was but the most of the growth happened in season two which is why it's still my favorite and because a babysitter guy uh was kind of a generic story of like yes he went from this devil dude angry man has child Turns well, a corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Not his child, but yeah, I, introduced to a child. So anyway, um, I think Boji's just the obvious answer. Yep. So. I mean, he goes from this guy who does nothing, who has basically no future based off the first episodes you see, to becoming the rightful king who has a perfect way to defend himself and to, you know, protect his, his loved ones by being himself, by being who he is, not by becoming this strong OP character no, he is this character who fights the way he's supposed to fight. And uh, that I think it was a great story. Uh, we'll go more into it, the story itself, but um, I think that he had the best glow-up, and uh, that was an easy win for him. Yep. All right, next up. Okay. Get to the nitty-gritty fun stuff. I feel like we're going to have some debates on this one. All right, so next up we've got most likely to survive a battle royale. Uh, normal edition. So this say. is yeah. So this is the uh, more based in not reality, but I guess more down to earth edition. We want to say, uh, and we just if you can imagine just playing a video game where you get to pick these characters and they just go at it. So uh, yeah. our uh, our nominees are Denji from uh, Chainsaw Man, uh, Chisato from Licorice Recoil, Yor from Spy Family, David Martinez from Edge Runners. The uncle from Isekai Uncle, and Kong Ming from your boy Kong Ming coming in from the high rope. Oh, uh, God. This is tough. This is good, right? I, like, I added in Kong Ming at the end. I'm like, what if he, like, strategically finds a way to come back? I'm actually kind of deeply fascinated by Kong Ming because tactical guys are so hard to gauge, especially if they're, like, really good at it. And I think Kong Ming is one of those where it's like, you never really know. I'm actually more fascinated by the uncle. Uncle, hell yeah, dude! Uncle, I mean his powers are crazy. Yeah, I mean you don't get to see it a lot because a lot of that show is like flashback of him doing it. But he's OP as shit, and he brought it back into his real world. Not only was he OP in the old in the Isekai world, but when he brought it back, he could use all that. And I I I kind of look at these characters and I'm like, who plays off each other the most? Because I mean, Denji is you want to say one of the obvious categories because he's just. Really, really hard to kill. Yeah, he's in basically immortal. Immortal. Um, yeah, but, but if you actually think about it, like Yor could potentially take out like a lot of these people just on. Accident. Oh yeah, and she's yeah, yeah that's true. Because I think that's I think that's Isekai's uncle's biggest weakness is uh, the ladies, uh, among other things. So I think that that's probably where he would fall apart. David, where are we looking at David in the story? So, like, which part of David? I would probably say, like, mid-season David, where he can control his, uh... The, he's super The buff. cyber skeleton, but he's not, like, uh... He's not war machine. Like, not war, war machine, machine David. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Okay, well... Because, like, that, that whole ability to be able to stop, like, essentially move so fast in, yeah. like, a different, like... Like, without anyone noticing is so OP. 
Like, it's basically like the Flash. But he does have the limit of only using it a couple times. Like, his body can only use it, you know, like a handful of times. And I do think that Chisato in general is, like, low-key because of her ability to predict her opponents. Yeah, to dodge bullets, right? But that's bullets only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, not not. I think think if we're looking at it, all right. Well, Denji, the one thing I thought about Denji is... He needs demons to, or demon blood to, like, kind of re-energize. Doesn't, doesn't have to be demon blood. It could be any type of blood. Oh, okay. So I guess if he destroys somebody, he could take their blood. Yeah, he could take their blood. Yeah. So then he essentially is unbeatable in that case, uh, if he makes it all the way. Well, he would have to keep killing people to make True. it. So if it's his blood, he can't do it. But I'm saying, like, if he killed somebody, he would drink their blood. Yeah, if right. he was able to kill somebody. True. So who on this list do you think he could actually just straight up, like, kill them? I mean, you're in Chisato, but you're so strong, she could, she could like, punch through him if he's not using Well, Chisato power. is basically a gunner. I just think that Denji takes that over Chisato, unfortunately. I think Chisato is the first casualty, unfortunately. Yeah. David, how much is David actually a human? That's the other question. Well, like, no, does he's, he have blood? So midway, he, and I'm saying after the transition, once he's a buff David, he is more ma- machine than man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he does have blood because even at the end when he was War Machine, he was coughing up blood. That's true. So I okay. still think he has blood, but I just I just think that ability, if he uses it wisely, and if he doesn't necessarily just go balls to the wall immediately, he could he could up Denji. I feel like we I feel like we should have discussed this before, but yeah, unfortunately, David's like time break ability is kind of like broken. Um, you know for lack of a better term. Because I really want to, like, include... If you really look at it, I think Uncle from Isekai Uncle is probably the most OP guy. And Kong Ming, again, you can never judge a tactician because of kind of how they work. But David's ability to kind of just sneak up behind somebody without asking and then pull a gun and blow your head off is kind of an op ability <laughs> yeah he is he is infringing on a little bit op um now denji you could also make the argument about like how good do guns work on denji because he's got that whole metal body thing but i mean at the end of the day i think it comes down to kind of like david or denji really at the end of the day you can make an argument for isekai uncle but i really think isekai uncle would get taken out at some point by, like, Chisato or... And especially how, uh, what's it called, uh, not ignorant, but just oblivious he can be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have that killing demeanor or that serious demeanor where I think he could... Honestly, I think Kong Ming might take advantage of that and be like, hey, let's form an alliance and use him to get all the way to the end. But honestly, when it comes down to it, it's... When it comes to brutality, it's between David and Denji, right? Yeah, right. And I mean, we are assuming these are scenarios where they're not going to be, uh, where these people have to fight and they don't have the option to not fight. True. So, um, so who are you giving it to? I think we're down to David and Denji. Damn, that's tough. Uh, fuck. Uh, I guess. And it's funny because they both grew up from nothing. They don't like they like they're just striving for better situations. Like they're very similar characters in a way. And I I guess it really comes down to can Denji find a way to survive until David like over like extends himself. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's about who outlasts who in this case. I I would give it to Denji kind of because I think if we're under the assumption that he is still killing people along the way and he's picking up blood. Then I think I mean, Denji if, if could can theoretically that. outlast David. 
Because David doesn't really have a great way of like... And he's limited. He's actually limited because well, he can't use that cyber skeleton more than a handful of times. Well, the other problem is we've also seen Dingy like survive getting cut in half and survive getting like shot in the head. And like... So David, like, what is he going to bring to the table at that point in time that could do something that could actually like destroy, utterly destroy Dingy? No, and that's why I think it's outlasting yeah. Dingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think it's Denji, but it's really fucking close. Okay, I think I, I agree. I'd have to give it to Denji just because of his demon powers. Yeah, and I mean, obviously there's a lot of X factors in here, but I, I think... Yeah, I think we're just having fun with this, Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. So, so we'll okay. say Denji. All right, now we get into the plus ultra round. Yes. <laughs> this is the... To go beyond. This is the one where all the characters are super OP. Okay, so... Uh, what are our nominees for so, and I'm going to have to go over some of these because I know Ozzy's not as familiar. Yeah, I think two of them, I'm not sure. We've got Einswil Guon from Overlords. Uh, we've got Yamamoto, Yamamoto from Bleach, the number one captain. We've got the main character from Eminence and Shadow, which is a whole other thing. Uh, we've got Mob from Mob Psycho 100. We've got Adam Smasher. From Edge Runners, and we've got Aaron Yeager, I guess with his uh, with his ability to turn into Titans from just one Titan. Is that what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, his original Titan. I would say uh, like yeah. with the, his only the ability to turn into Attack Titan from uh, Attack on Titan. All right, so I guess for those unfamiliar, uh, Ainz's ability is basically he's an OP mage from. I guess a video game or a D&D style video game. So he's got summons, he's got magic blasts, he's got a magic shield, he's Basically got all a that. sorcerer, right? Yeah, he's a sorcerer. In this case we're not going to assume he's got his like OP technically in the in the anime he's got some OP like world class items. We're going to knock those off because that would make him like super, super OP. Proven. But basically, I guess for simplicity's sake, we'll say he's not a great hand-to-hand fighter. But if you're looking at like a spellcaster, he's got some spells that could wipe out armies. And he's got summons that could potentially block for him and do other things. Uh, Yamamoto, we, we kind of already know about. We have a whole two, three episodes dedicated to Yamamoto going balls to the wall. So Yeah, so main character from Eminence and Shadow... So his ability, he actually is pretty good at hand-to-hand combat. Oh, he yeah. can move his organs around from the inside. So if you try to start at his organs, he can shift them around. He's got a magic shield that he kind of wears, and he's good at... He's one of the best sword fighters in the country. And also, he can summon atomic bombs. Uh, that's like his magic ability, is he can just make an atomic blast. Occur. Oh, the Bankai? Uh, I guess if that's what we're going with, yeah. Yeah, the one where he just like touches you with the sword and he just like absolutely obliterates you, right? Oh, I'm not talking about Yamamoto. I'm oh talking God. about Eminence and Shadow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, he, no, that's he not just, fair. He just makes an atomic bomb. Yeah, he just blows up things. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of OP. Um, but I actually don't think that's as OP as it might sound because I think there's probably ways around that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Yamamoto's... No, I'm sorry. Going back to Yamamoto, he could just dehydrate the entire... That's true. That was wild. Uh, I thought you were talking about his Bankai where he like he touches you with the tip of the sword and it just absolutely... And you just, just pretty much like an A-bomb. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, and that's not even talking about his main, his like most OP one where he brings back like the, the, the dead, dead from hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is yeah. great. Uh, Mob, actually, unfortunately, I think Mob is kind of on the low end here. He is talking about like thinking about this. It's just like wow, this. Is, but he's OP as fuck too. Like I mean, in his own realm, he's he's the epitome of your psychic powers. Yeah. I think I think Mob it kind of depends on how quickly he breaks into his thing where he's got some crazy psychic powers but he needs to break into like the 100 or 0 or question mark percent whatever. Immediately, yeah. Uh Adam Smasher, a lot of tech. He's basically not even human and he has the same tell like slow down time ability that yeah, David has. David does. But well, he can like There's break. no limit. It doesn't seem like yeah. I don't think he has a limit he can because just he's not human. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's uh, Aaron, who can turn into the Attack Titan, who unfortunately I think is also kind of on the low end here. Yeah, I didn't want to go with the full, like, Aaron can turn into the fucking Centipede Titan, where he's just, like, summoning the entire Ryzen, because that would be absolutely done. Like, there's nothing else, nothing can compete with that. I actually wouldn't mind giving him that in this case, because I think... He might compete with Yamamoto. I think in normal situations, it's fine, but given... Our top three characters, which are probably Yamamoto, Ainz, and the Eminence guy. I unfortunately, I know you're probably not a fan of that. You know, between the guy who can summon a nuke, Yamamoto, who can just like cut through anything and basically has the power of the sun on his side, and then Ainz, who by all accounts has kind of the same ability where he can just summon like uh, minions giant minions to come kill people. I mean, like, I don't think Aaron's as OP with that as you might think. That is true. It's funny because we think about this in the realm of their own world and it's like, yeah, nothing can withstand a Titan. But when you talk about Yamamoto and, you know, this Eminence Eminence guy, like, it starts to get kind of questionable here. So, yeah, yeah, I guess let's give Aaron his full-blown... Uh, Titan powers. Like, everything on the map. Yeah, I mean, even if you do, I still think it's kind of like, eh. So I think Mob and Adam Smasher, unless Adam Smasher finds a way to sneak up on these people and kill them, I don't think Adam Smasher... Yeah, the thing is, like, Adam Smasher in his finale, in his final battle, like, he absolutely demolished everyone, but he honestly didn't show off a lot. A lot of it was just him shooting up the place, using his brute strength, but what's brute strength against an atom bomb... Uh, pure a flames. Just, a guy who just burns you by yeah. being a so near... I do think Anna's matches out. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was extreme, but not not plus ultra. Alright, so then it comes down to, okay, do we trust Yamamoto uh, or an atom bomb or pure magic? So I think I would actually... And this is going to sound like sacrilege to some people. I think Ainz is probably out because... If he had some of his, like, really cool, overpowered items, he might go over the edge. But I don't think that would help him, since he doesn't have those, I don't think he would have the same kind of level of abilities as these other guys. So then it comes down to Yamamoto and basically an atom bomb. I don't even really care about the main character. I'm going to give it to Yamamoto because I think he's got... I think he's just that strong, and I think... Like, you're giving what, it to Yamamoto over Aaron included? I, I think so, actually. So, and I I think it is down to Aaron and Yamamoto. Because yeah. I, I think if he can summon the rumbling, which it's not necessarily his power, it's more about him, he was able to awaken them. I guess that's more, that's like, that's like... Aaron and the Titans, which is a little, way a little bit more You're unfair. also talking about a guy where every time he kills somebody, he can summon them back... 
from hell to fight against you. Well, that's why I was going to say, like, that ability, I think, can withstand almost every Titan. Like, I yeah. think that... And, like, the ability to just, like, incinerate anything, like, you can't... With, like, fire's just going to... You yeah. can't withstand fire. Like, unless you're the armor Titan, maybe. But even yeah. then, a slice to the, to the to the back of the neck is all you need. And right. what it, the best swordsman and one of the best swordsmen in Bleach. So, yeah. with the... As long as he's doesn't his stamina doesn't go out i think i would give it to yamamoto yeah and i mean like unfortunately even in his world he's like the strongest of the strong guys so i mean i mean the guy i honestly was ranking the nuke bomb guy above the above aaron just because summing a nuke is pretty fucking op but um even against that i think yamamoto kind of takes the cake because it's just like, yeah I'd give it to him. We've seen those char- We've seen those bleach characters, even without using their powers, get over that. And I think the idea. And he that, was one-handed. I, I think the idea that he can basically summon the sun and like cut through anything miles away because he's got heat—it's kind of unfair. All right, so yeah, I think we're in agreement. Yamamoto. Yamamoto just wins the plus ultra. He goes beyond. Yeah. So anyway, that's. Uh, Oh, it was a fun talk. All right, so now we get into our actual best of awards. Um, yeah, so we, those were the fun ones, the superlatives. But uh, yeah, it's time to get to the nitty gritty. I think we have three or I think we have like four, no five, uh, five kind of best of kind of like highlights of this of the year. Um, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and start it off with uh, best animation. And when Man. we mean this, we mean like in general, like the entire season or a few set of episodes. Uh, not necessarily like best scene animation because we kind of go into action scene later. But uh, what are our nominees for best animation? Louis? All right, so we've got Chainsaw Man. Uh, oh, and we're uh, going to mention the uh, studio as well. By Studio Mappa, and you're going to hear that name a few more times. Yep. Um, that really good, especially with the merger of the 3D animation. Demon Slayer, which carried over its rule yep. from season, season one. Mm-hmm. Again, Studio Mappa really slick and they do a good job of kind of exercising the speed and power with which these guys fight cyberpunk which is trigger trigger kind of added a funky tinge to it which they you know they always do always do They're but very, yeah, yeah the way that they made it all kind of look and come together was beautiful uh ranking of kings by wit studios so this was kind of the weird one i guess the uh outlier because Ranking of Kings did not look like your traditional anime. It does not. Honestly, it kind of looks more like a children's book. It in looks. Some ways. It, it reminds me a little bit of like, um, what's his name? Um, what's the guy who does uh, Spirit Away? Oh, um, of uh, the uh, Miyazaki. Yeah, it reminds Miyazaki. me like Miyazaki art. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I think that one, Attack on Titan, again talking about Mappa. Mappa, I don't of course. Really have a lot to add there. And Bochy the Rock from Clover Studios. Cloverworks. Cloverworks. Um, Who they also did um, Spy Family. So, And I think they were a, a, a close... Um, yeah, Spy, Spy Family was in consideration. I think other ones, I guess, would have been... I don't know what... Call of the Night, maybe? I don't know. I like the animation. I don't think it stood out like some of these, and I don't think they put as much... Uh, oh, another one uh, is Bleach as well. Uh, Bleach, I oh, think, looked yeah, very Bleach. good across the board. Um so that's up there as a consideration, but we wanted to focus on those first few. All right. So with all that said, um, I don't know. I actually, this is a tough one for me. <laughs> like, uh, where do you want to start on this guy? So I will say, I mean, I, I, I want to say, I want to preface by saying it's unfair that Mappa has three of these up there. It's ridiculous. 
Like, what they're putting out in one season is, is ridiculous. Like, all the Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, and Attack on Titans are, like, almost the epitome of animation, like, cleanliness, like, across yeah. the board. It's unfair. So, with that said, we got to knock off. I think Bochi's probably the weakest. We respect Bochi for, I guess, more so what the studio was able to do with the diversity of the animations. How it would break into anima- different animation styles. How it would go to 3D. How it would go to, like, claymation. Yep. Um, but, unfortunately, like, in general... Not the highest quality animation on the list. So, Bochi's out. Um, Attack on Titan. I don't know, man. What Mappa... I will say that Mappa has really highs in Attack on Titan, but there are moments where it is pretty bland. Um, I watched a few episodes, and when, again, the what's it called? Sakuga? Like, when it gets going, yeah, when they're actually it's fighting. the best of the best. I will yeah, say yeah. it's up there. But it wasn't consistent enough throughout the season. Uh, for me to to give it to them. So that's why I would probably knock them right. out next. Okay, so from there... And this is where I kind of going to defer to you. How far do you want to push Ranking of Kings? Because it's, <sighs> it's really good for what it is. Do I think it's the best animation? I, I do not personally, but I am open to being convinced otherwise. So It's hard because it, I think the uniqueness adds a little bit to it. Um, will people look at it and be like, this looks amazing? No, I don't think it's that kind of anime. I think, uh, oh, I, I, oh, oh God. Uh, I think, uh, sorry. Um, I think it's unique. It looks good, but it just doesn't hit like the other ones do. Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, Cyberpunk, uh, those three, excuse me. So I'm okay kind of going back on it and maybe knocking it down. Um, do I love this animation? Yes, because it is unique. It is different. Uh, it is just warm. I don't know. It's the best way to say it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I just... It's a really tough year, man. Yeah, it is. It is hard. <laughs> Any other season, and it might have even won anime of the year. So, year. that leaves us with Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, and Cyberpunk. Yep. Um, I... Damn, that's tough. Who, do you get, who, who are you knocking off next? I guess Demon Slayer. <laughs> Cause, Bro, no! I don't know. It's tough. I don't know, man. Cyberpunk, I guess, would be the other option. I don't know. That's tough. Uh, Cyberpunk has the same thing with... Uh, with The same thing going with Ranking of Kings, where it was unique. I personally really like Trigger's animation style. I know that a lot of people do not. Not a lot, but there are some who are just like, I don't like how weird and like edgy and dramatic it gets and not like story-wise but like look-wise like the last three episodes of um cyberpunk it got to like that traditional like trigger where everything's just super edgy like elongated hard lines very colorful like all the characters look super bigger than life um and i love that style and that's why i have it really high up there um but i i just i personally have one that i just think that delivered front to back that had animation that's like movie quality that did not stop. So you're fighting for chance for Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I I actually am kind of on the other boat because I think it's hard to Chainsaw Man. I guess for me it was it was like they literally were bringing the manga to life, and I love the way that they do that with the demon powers and everything. But I guess if you're just purely talking about just art from an art standpoint, I can see where you're coming from. Because like. Think... 
I think it's unfair sometimes because uh, Demon Slayer, it had way more action in it. It had way more action. And that allowed the animation to shine, right? I mean, when you have all these action scenes, you can get the Sakuga to go off the charts. And they did that for the entire series. Um, I, I would almost disagree, though, because the whole Demon Slayer, their whole back half of the series was just Sakuga. But Well, I don't dis- How is that disagreeing? You're agreeing that it is, but I think it's unfair because that's they're literally going balls to the wall the entire time. Where Chainsaw Man, there is something to be said about... The animation where it's just kind of the interactions of characters about this about like the backgrounds like all that was done super well too i'm not discrediting that it's just yeah. i guess i'm looking at um demon slayer and it's just much more hype right like the because it's like moments of action and you know all that stuff it doesn't meet the same way that chainsaw man does to me i guess that's understandable i think i because i look at these and i think they're both very hype they're both very thing. For me, I guess when I look back on it, I will give the edge to Demon Slayer because of the color palette. Because really, Chainsaw Man looks fantastic and it looks real to life. But Chainsaw Man is more about the lighting more so than anything. Yeah, they're very. Their color is very subtle. It's subtle, but it's like muted. It's like what's the word I'm looking for? Like mate. It's like nothing super shiny. When when you look at Demon Slayer, it is. And you can argue which one you prefer. Both are great in my eyes. I yeah. really like Chainsaw Man's coloring. Like, it's just kind of muted in the back, like sepia almost. Yeah. Um, but it's just so shiny and beautiful to see uh, Demon Slayer. I don't know. And, and especially because of the situation of all the battles, that combined with the animation, I think is why I chose yeah. that. And I do like how they did it in the red light district, how the lighting goes. Okay, you're, con- you're convincing me. I... I I'll go with Demon Slayer. I think this was a tough one. It is really it, tough. It and Cyberpunk really, is right there, too. It really could have gone in any direction. With these top three, like, I even think Cyberpunk was amazing. Cyberpunk. Yeah, it, it had steals very similar to, like, Chainsaw Man, where you just kind of got, like, the background and the characters. And, like, fo- not focusing necessarily on faces, but just kind of focusing on the, the, se- the setting. And I love that. Like, the last episode where, like, Lucy... One of the last episodes where Lucy and David just kind of talked about what was coming. Like, it it focused on, like, the billboards in the back. It focused... And, like, he actually had a conversation with Rebecca, too. It focused on, like, the settings as they were walking down the streets. It, it's, it's great. The animation yeah. was great. So, again, we could have gone in any other way. But I do think... Of those top three, I guess I'll give it to Demon Slayer. You don't have to. I'm just uh, saying, so for me, like, it, uh, God, I, I watched that last four episodes again the other day, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Mappa, like, do you guys have a life? The fact that two out of the three finally, finals, finalists is Mappa is just Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But I'll give, I, I will say, yeah, I think for what it is, I think Demon Slayer takes it up a notch. And we'll see how the others go in their upcoming... We'll see how Chainsaw Man does in its cutting season. Poor Cyberpunk, I don't think, is getting a sequel. Uh, Alright, so with that one, we're going to move on to best action slash fight scene. Uh, this time we've got Boji versus Bose from... Bosa. Bosa from uh, Ranking of Kings. We've got Attack on Titan, the Jaegerists versus the crew? Yeah, um, I guess the main guys, um, I forgot who, it wasn't... I guess it was like uh, all of the main guys, like Erwin yeah. and um, the people Aaron were raiding, yeah. leading in the uprising, and then everybody else, yeah, basically. Um, and then we've got 
Demon Slayer core versus the two demons at the end of Demon Slayer. Yep. Uh, Lloyd storming the castle from Spy Family. Uh, Gold Dimple versus Mob and from uh, Mob Psycho. And then Denji versus the Bat Devil from Chainsaw Man. There are so many damn honorable mentions we could have. Obviously, there's Yamamoto's fight. Uh, also, there's the Edge Runner fight. The reason we left those out was because they weren't really fights. They were curb stomps. Yeah, one too. was a curb stomp, and the other one was really just a display of power, but no actual like battle between the two. Like, I don't think the Yua and uh, Yamamoto fight was... I mean, this is not necessarily the studio's fault. This is just Tite Kubo's way of making this fight a display, and then they just pull the wool over your eyes and, oh, yeah, Yamamoto, you fought. Uh, I still have huge problems yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah, where it's like, actually, that wasn't me. That was bullshit. My doppelganger the whole time. And guess what? I'm just going to destroy you now. Yeah, so those were tough ones, and there are plenty of other ones out there that are not on the list, but for sake of time, we got to keep it short. So with that said, all right. I feel like we're going to have another discussion on this one. but uh, This we'll, one's tough too, man. We'll get into it. So, uh, are we okay knocking off Attack on Titan and Lloyd, I guess? So, I would definitely um, tack off Lloyd. I mean, Lloyd, the animation was nice. I like the, I guess, that episode where he's kind of storming through the castle. I like the effort that his entire, like... Um, organization yeah, put together like just to, him. Yeah. yeah just to get um what's your name happy um so it was good i did enjoy it but in the i guess you're up against like traditional 1v1 slash like very nice looking battles and i think it gets edged out yeah yeah all right and then attack on titan i'll give it to you that it's not it doesn't have the same hit as some of these mainly because a lot of these are like season ending um attack on titan I think it was wonderful because it was kind of a... Um, Attack on Titan is never just 1v1 in a small room. It's always like a, a Titan, Titan here, Titan there. And then everyone just ran, running around mass chaos, people getting chomped in half, people getting shot at. And I think the biggest thing about this battle was this is where uh, a lot of the main characters had to essentially start battling against some of their older friends, some people that they grew up with who kind of defected to the Jaegerist. And that's why I like this battle. It, it, it held a lot of weight to them because they had to essentially just give up on that. They said, hey, you know, our friends, they're on the other side. And if we want to live, if we, if we don't want to die, we're going to have to, you know, put them down. And uh, they did. And it was kind of brutal to watch. And I think that's what made it even better. Yeah, I, but I, I will give it to some of these other ones. I think the emotional stakes there are great. And I think the fight was a lot of kind of whipping around, if that is the makes sense, where it's a lot of camera yeah, motion. Yep. Uh -huh. But I think, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it had the same kind of... Uh, because it was just like humans basically fighting each other, it didn't have the same impact that we've seen in some of the other kind of fights in the show from a, I guess, insanity standpoint. I guess that would be what I would be arguing about is the quote-unquote insanity factor. Uh, so then we're left with uh, Dimple, Mob, Denji, Bat Devil, uh, Demon Slayer, and Boji versus Bosa. So yeah. the next one I would probably take off is, I think, I'm, I'm between taking off Dimple and maybe Denji. I don't know. I don't know. I what... actually would lump those in the same category too. Yeah. I mean, 
Denji, it's the first main fight in Chainsaw Man. And it and looks great. I it mean, looks it, really good. I think that's one thing that's going for that battle. That it also gives us a good vibe for our character, where it's like, here, I'm going to chuck this human at you. Fuck you, I don't care about that guy. Yeah, it's a good introduction yeah. to Denji and how he kind of fights. Yeah. But there were not really a lot of huge stakes besides, you know, I guess catching, um, what's her name, uh, her cat, uh, Power's yeah. cat, right? Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it was that... Uh, complicated of a fight. It was kind of like they threw some jabs at each other and then like one guy was clearly outmatched. So if we get back to that, it's like the Bat Devil never really had a chance. Really. And then Gold Dimple versus Mob was actually a pretty crazy fight. But Yeah, and, it, and using the traditional Mob Psycho art, like just crazy colors. Dimple being gold was another cool like little aspect. Uh, him kind of going all out. Uh, I think what elevated this fight was that halfway through they realized that, um, you know, Dimple had to kind of sacrifice himself because myth the middle of their fight they had to deal with the broccoli the tree broccoli thing tree, too the which broccoli dude ridiculous. yeah I know right and I think that made it that elevated because ultimately he did have to kind of sacrifice himself a little bit um, to get out of there because halfway through he realized that his his like ambitions ambitions and like the things that he was after weren't worth it when he had this friend all along. He just wanted to be noticed, and he was noticed by Mob. So it, I think that one held so much meaning. Um, and honestly, I prefer that fight over the finale where everyone's trying to fight against Mob and trying to get him to yeah, be... to come back To down. come back. Like, I prefer the Gold Dimple fight as, like, I, the I best fight of the season. I think that one was uh, the best fight. But, all right, so that leaves Demon Slayer and Boji versus Bose. Uh Unfortunately... I think we both know who wins this one. Uh, Demon Slayer. I love Boji versus Boast because it's really great implementation to fight. It's a really good artsy fight. And it's kind of like the first time you see like Boji coming into his own and becoming an amazing character. Yeah. That Demon Slayer fight. How did the fucking animators keep going for like five episodes? Yeah, it's unfair. I think it's unfair because they also won uh, animation. But I think that's why they also win the battle because the animation adds to it, right? And not only did they have, like, 1v1, they had 1v1, 2v1, 4v1, 2v4. 2v4. All going on at the same time. At the same time. Like, it's absolute madness. And, yeah, I I will argue that some aspects of that fight, it's, like, typical shonen. Like, oh, dude, I just got stabbed through the heart. Well, actually, I can rearrange my my organs so you don't stab me through the heart. I'm like, oh, God, come on. Or the, the part where it's like, actually, I just forgot that I wasn't breathing. I was like, God damn it. Are you serious? So, I mean, I, uh, it's, it's shonen, and that's the way it is. But, I don't know. Like, I talked about it with you, and Boji and Bosa, uh, that fight was wonderful because it, it's on the it's like the other side of the coin. Like, the, the Demon Slayer final battle was like five episodes, man. It's just... It's kind of hard to not give it to it when you're getting so much all at once. But I really do appreciate the Boji fight because it was one episode. It was quick. It got to the point. It it had wonderful animation. It was unique animation. It wasn't just like the whole time. It was unique because like they had the shift into like... Because he technically was fighting his brother, Daida. But yeah. Daida was, being, was possessed by his dad, uh, Bosa. Uh, but they kind of showed it as if he was fighting Bosa, like yeah, that a was giant. The, that was that, the part that I appreciated. It, it was so good, and it, it was I don't know. It was it was short and sweet, and I really enjoyed it. It, it was a it was again a huge glow up for Boji, uh, uh, Boji, uh, Boji, yes, Boji. 
Uh, I don't know. It's it was really hard. I honestly, I think I'd rather just give it to Boji and Bosa. You think so? I I think I would. I mean, I can't decide. I think either one's the winner here. But for me, I just when I watched it again yesterday, it was just so pleasing. And I think I would rather have that like short, quick, like oh my god, and then it's over, than the constant edging of uh, Demon Slayer. I don't know. I kind of. It's tough for me. I mean... I don't discredit you saying Demon Slayer. I, 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 I also think, agree. But I it's think just... Demon Slayer, just unfortunately, like, when I look at a fight, I really like that... And this is just the old school shown in me. I like that building. I like that tension. No, I, I do and too. And they, they... What's really impressive is, like... You know, we've I think we've talked about this before, where, like, it's really easy to build tension in a scene where nothing's happening, because you're like, when's all the shit going to go down? It's really hard to build tension in a scene... Where these people have been trying to kill each other for like three episodes, and you're like, "How the fuck do they keep going on?" But anyway, I, I was very impressed by that. So anyway, all we'll, right, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Split decision. Split decision. All right. So next up, our own private category: cute girls doing cute things or cute boys. Um, so in this one, we've got Bochi the Rock, cute girls doing a rock band. We've also got do it yourself, cute girls doing. It yourself. They, they, them things themselves. Uh, dancing. Cute boys doing dancing in Dance Dancer. Um, cosplay from My Dress Up Darling. And we've got incredible gratuitous violence from Gundam, Akiba Made Wars, Licorice Recoil. Take your pick. So, all right. <laughs> we actually have discussed this one pretty thoroughly prior this one was coming fun, into, yeah. into this one. So, so I, I kind of, my original thought for this category was kind of like the activity in itself. And that's why we called out the activity. Like which one was maybe better depicted, which one was depicted so well that, you know, you, you got excited for, uh, I know some people can get really excited for shootings and, uh, you know, Akiba made worse towel stuff, but like I look at it and I watch it and like, which one makes me like really think that they honored the activity? Like which one did they really support? And, like, you look at cosplay ones from Dress Up Darling, it basically, like, they did a good job of showing the little intricacies of of cosplaying. You look at DIY, they did a good job of showing the actual equipment, of showing the techniques you would use. And same thing with Bochi. They did a wonderful job of showing the music and showing the rock band part. But then you also brought up the fact that, really, when you get down to it, cute girls doing cute things, was there one that did that genre better, right? Yeah, when you think about the actual activity, it's kind of become a genre into of itself where the doing of the cute thing is more about, you know, how are the characters interacting and developing with each other through the activity that they're kind of doing? And how does that tie into the show as a whole? Like, what are we learning about the characters? What are we learning about that? Is it based on the drama around the activity more so than the actual activity? And I guess that's kind of where I struggle with some of these other ones. Because, like, from a cosplay perspective, My Dress Up Darling is about cosplay. But really, it's more about the interaction between the two main characters. Yeah, it seems more yeah. like a, a comedy slash maybe like a rom-com, maybe drama. Okay, yeah. Bochi obviously has a lot to do with the rock. And they do a great job implementing it. I'm never going to deny that. But it's also more about... If you look at what actually happens in the show, it's a lot more about how the characters are interacting with each other off stage than anything that happens on stage. 
Dance Dancer, I also really respect because they do a great job, but it's really more about these characters dealing with their past traumas that are based on rap. That's a full blown drama. That's a full blown yeah. drama. So then we get <laughs> Do It Yourself, it, I think is the obvious choice in this category because the actual activity is kind of what brought all the characters together and is what helping them develop as people. Yeah, there's not really a story there. It's basically just them enjoying their time doing the activity and growing together. Well, what is the point of the story? The character wants to become more independent and respected for being independent. And doing it yourself, the the club, even though there's not really a strict guideline, what they're doing in that club and organization is making them become more independent. Whereas... The dancing in and of itself in Dance Dancer is not making the person, like, really, like, a stronger person. It's just that person wants to dance, and that happens to coincide with these other things. Cosplay, kind of the same thing. Um, the next best option that I looked at was the shooting violence in Akiba Made War. Which, I agree, because it's funny, because I honestly, looking back at it and watching some episodes again, they really were just hanging out having a good time, and all this stuff revolved around that, but it wasn't necessarily driven by something else. Yeah, so I guess that's where I come down to it, is if we're going... It really depends on how you define this category, and we've made it up, so we I guess we can define it however we want, but I think I keep coming back to do-it-yourself is kind of the key one on the season. If I wanted to go with the other definition that you were presenting, Ozzy, I would go with Dance Dancer, but... Uh, so I, I, I think that's the tough part. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that when it comes down to it, DIY had the essentially the is the had the spirit of cute girls doing cute things, and it did it well. Um, it was the most relaxing one I watched. I really enjoyed it. I would put Bochi and Dance Dance Dancer as like the best activity because they did it well and showed it off really well. So that I agree. All right. So DIY. All right. Next up. Our sixth man of the year. So this one is our favorite forgotten gem, quote unquote forgotten gem. This is an anime that maybe got lost in the shuffle or was a good anime that we feel at the end of the year you're going to be walking along from and you may not really remember it. Not not because it's not good though. I mean, I think everything in here is wonderful and I would rewatch and recommend. It's just... They had weird situations. Well, I think it's also, yeah, for various reasons. So getting into it, uh, we have Komi-san Season 2. Do you want to give your reason as I kind of list them off for the nominees? Yeah, so Komi-san, it was great. I remember it came out, but I just think that... I forget what season it came out in. I just think there was other ones that took precedent. And I think because it was Season 2 and it was more of Season 1, like nothing new... I don't think people at the end of the year are going to go back and be like, oh, yeah, that was great. It came out this year. They kind of forgot. If you said, oh, Komi-san came out, they'd be like, oh, that's right, and it was good. I think I think it's kind of like, and this is going to be a recurring theme, I think it was the release structure, because if memory serves, she, oh, that's right. it came out like halfway through a season. I think it's because Netflix released it at the, yeah, halfway through a season. So we were kind of like, oh, okay. well, And at that point, we had already been doing anime, so you're like, uh, I can't really. I don't really have a time to pick up another anime this season, so I think that was where I was at on that one. Um, second up is Call of the Night, and I think this is one that we both kind of struggled with discussing. For me personally, it's that Call of the Night is like a vibe anime, and what that means for me is it's tough. 
when you're in the moment, you can really enjoy and appreciate the anime for what it is. But then when you kind of stop watching it and somebody asks you, okay, why should I check this out? Well, you can't really point to the characters because the characters aren't amazing. You can't really point to like the setting or the story. Well, the story, yeah. Because those aren't super aren't... unique. Like when you tell somebody, hey, it's about some dude that just can't sleep so he's hanging out with a vampire. And you're like, okay, so what the yeah, fuck's the so, point? So what's that? Yeah. But you're right. It, it is true. It is about the vibe. It's about kind of the feel you get and the way everything when you blends it. together. Yeah. Because I would say that any of the independent things are not particularly unique, but it just blends together to a fantastic story. Next up, uh, Overlord Season 4. Um... I don't know that this one really got overlooked, but I think it's kind of one of those that it's becoming more like, uh, I don't know, say every new episode. Maybe like a staple. Yeah, every new season of like One One Piece or uh, My Hero Academia where it's like, okay, cool, that came out. And then you just kind of forget about where everything falls together. Um, yep, that's fair. Next up, Isekai Oji-san. So that one was absolutely poisoned by the release strategy. Yeah, the release tra- So that was not even, unfortunately, the fault of anyone. It was actually because of uh, some of the studio got COVID multiple times. I think they got it three times. Yeah. So th- I think they recently just finished, like, maybe a couple weeks ago. And that was a fall season. So... It took a long time to get it all out there, so I think that's why sometimes it could be overlooked. Right. Uh, we also have uh, "Life is Hard for a Mob in a Dating Game." Uh, I think is I, that's not the full name, but that's basically the name of it. That one was tough because I think people were turned off with the idea of this is like an Otomi, a dating game simulation, for a series that actually turned out to be a lot more about mechs and drama. Honestly, I would compare it more to a Gundam series than I would compare it to a lot of other... And that's what I heard. I heard it had a lot of mecha stuff, and I was, I'm was i honestly kind of intrigued to go back and watch it. Yeah, but... Uh, so it's an interesting one, but I don't think that would fall under uh, the Otomi game, and I don't think anybody's going to really think about it. Uh, and last off, we got Summertime Render. Um, yep, so that one was also a release schedule, and fuck Disney! Fuck Disney Plus for taking that away from us because I started watching it now that it's on Hulu and it is wonderful. It's and actually, I have not finished it, but it is good. I'm actually debating if we should just consider it as a part of the 2023 year because it literally just dropped. Yeah, it Hulu. dropped like two weeks ago. It's stupid. Again, fuck Disney. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, what do we want to go with for sixth man of the year? Uh, I'm just going to say I like the Mecha Otome thing. But I'm going to scratch that. I don't think it was that good. Yeah. Overlord, I liked... I'm going to scratch that too because I just don't think it's going to be that forgotten. I just think it's going to be one of those seasons where you're like, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Comey, uh, kind of in the same boat. I don't, I'm don't. i not really feeling super strong about that one. I don't know if you have a different vibe. No, I like it. I enjoyed it, but it's not... I don't know. I think the one that I'm going for kind of stands out on its own. Uh, I think because some of those are continuations, they don't necessarily stand out as much. So we're left with Call of the Night, Isekai, Oji-san, and Summertime Render. I don't know how to feel about Summertime Render and Oji-san just because... Like, what do you, Say what you're thinking. There you go. Well, I don't want to give... I, I just want to mention Summertime Render... Because so far, it's it's very interesting. I like it. I have not finished it, so I can't necessarily give it to it. And that's where I stand with Summertime Render. I don't want to give it to it because I haven't finished it. 
But I think this is one where it should be noticed that it was great, it was well-received, and it was fucked up release schedule, so make the effort to go see it. Right. And I guess, so now we're at Call of the Night and Isekai Ojis. Yeah, I think those two are so interestingly unique and just kind of fell behind the scenes, um, unfortunately. But if I had to give it to one, I think I would give it to Call of the Night. Because back where we were talking about with the whole vibe thing, it was just a different thing than watching all the other ones. Like, yeah, can I go back and say, hey, you should watch this because you're missing out on something? No, but is it a good watch? Do I enjoy it? Was it well adapted? Yes, that's another thing. It was really well adapted. And I enjoyed that experience watching it. All right. I'm fine with agreeing with that. Honestly, I don't have super strong feelings for Ichikai Oji-san. Unfortunately, the way it was released kind of sucked. But I also kind of was like, this is kind of a one-hit wonder with yeah, the comedy. Yeah, we did say it kind of got gaggy, and we're like, okay, like, when is it going to run out, right? I think that the actual story of Call of the Night was more fascinating, and I think it's a shame that it kind of got lost in the shuffle. So, I'm fine with that. So, Call of the Night. All right. Sixth man of the year. Last, all right. Now we're down to our last two categories, the official best of, best of. So, first off, we've got best original anime. All right. So this was the one where these animes were not based off any previous anime. Yeah, so not uh, manga or, or, or any kind of novel or any kind of webcomic. It is that. a blatant new story. Uh, I will say one thing that, yes, Cyberpunk is based a little bit, um, and the setting is based off of the video game, but the story itself is unique enough to where we did include it. And if you want to get nitty, Nikki picking nitty about it, you can say... Gundam is technically Gundam. Yeah, I mean, the, the world of Gundam is not new, but the story, story is. is. All right, so, with that in mind, so our nominees are, you put Birdie Wing on. I just put it in there because it was one, I thought you watched it a little bit, but it was mainly just to give it some praise because it is an original story. It is story. an original story. Okay, fair enough. So, Birdie Wing, it exists. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Do It Yourself. All right, uh... We've talked about that. Licorice Recoil, um, Gundam, Witch from Mercury, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and Akiba Maid Wars. So, Ozzy, I'm going to let you kind of start knocking things off this time. You tell me uh, which. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and knock off Birdie Wing because I did not watch any of it. Uh, I know about it. Um, I just don't think it was well received as the other four that we have on five on here. The couple of reviews that you had, you weren't in love with it. So we're, I just want to praise any kind of original work because original works are great for anime, for any story type tellings, uh, media. And um, But that's the first to go, unless you have a strong connection to Birdie Wing. Fuck no. Okay. All right, let's go. So my next one to knock off is unfortunately DIY. Uh, the, that being because it is basic, a very generic cute girls doing cute things. Is it... Do I like it because it is original? Yes, I think they did it well. I think they showed love to that story, and I don't think I think it's a solid eight. But some of these just kind of knock it out of the park even more. Um, so we're left with Licorice Recoil, Gundam, Cyberpunk, and Akiva Made Wars. Uh, if I had to knock one, the next one down, I think I would knock off Gundam. Unfortunately, uh, as much as I love Gundam. I think the story itself kind of faltered a little bit because it took a little too long to get where it needed to get going. Um, I think it finally kind of shifted into Gundam territory near the ending. 
Uh, it had the whole like school situation that I think yeah. draw, dragged on a little too long. Not a ton, not like half a season, maybe like a two episodes. So that's why I would knock it down. So Logan, we are down to Licorice Recoil, Cyberpunk, and Akiba Made Wars. So, I mean, this is tough. Do you agree with knocking off those other ones? I, yeah. In fact, I would also knock off Akiba Made Wars. Um, I actually think that turned out to be more of a story than I was certainly expecting. Yeah. When, when we started the season, and we keep making this joke, that was basically like, man, these producers are high on a lot of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> but They had I something. Think, uh, I think uh, it turned into more of a story than I was expecting. Uh, but, yeah, it never really developed into that this is the best anime of the year category. Um, so uh, that leaves us with the two tough ones, Licorice Recoil and Cyberpunk. And man, that's tough, man. Uh, it really is. I enjoyed them both. Uh, Licorice Recoil was refreshing. I think what really brought, what really, uh, what's it called, kind of kept that series driving was the relationship of talking and Chisato. Like them together drove that. Uh, in Cyberpunk, I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna be straightforward. I give it to Cyberpunk because not only were the characters interesting, but the setting was interesting. The visuals were interesting. The uh, I guess the entire like, not there was no real enemy, but like all the characters involved that were antagonists were interesting. I think the interactions between the characters were a little bit more interesting than Re Licorice Recoil, who I think. They were let down a little bit by their villains. They didn't necessarily have someone to just kind of like hate or drive towards to. Um, so that's kind of why I think Cyberpunk edges it out. I think as a complete story package, I think Cyberpunk hits that out of the park. Yeah, and I think also Cyberpunk, like you said, it brought a complete rap and it kind of brought a complete cycle and it kind of gets across a philosophy and a mentality that I think is unique we maybe have seen more of licorice recoil and the villain in licorice recoil as you pointed out is meh so i yeah, i it, i'm i yeah. agree with it but it's tough for me because i really liked licorice recoil yeah i really did enjoy it like i love i that's one i will recommend all year but i think edge runners is just like I, honestly, I think the way Edge Runners ended, how brutal it was, how honest, and how it stuck to the mentality that you can't win, like 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 you're not getting out of this alive. It's like this cycle is endless. Yeah, it didn't yeah. give you the happy ending, and I think I really enjoy when a story does that. It sucks. I was heartbroken finishing that anime, but it it just I think that's just it makes for a better ending. Um, it makes for a better story completion sometimes when you go the re reality route, which is why Gladiator as a movie is great to me, because he died. Yeah, because there was so much touching wheat in that story. <laughs> but yeah, so best uh, original anime of 2022, we're, we're going to have to give it to Edge Runners, Cyberpunk because, Edge Runners. Because of all the touching wheat. And the nipples, dude. There's a lot of nipples in that show. A lot of nipples. All right. Um, so on to the last one of the, of the day. Uh... Best anime. Uh, so this is no restrictions. Uh, it could be original. It could be a returning. It could be uh, whatever. It's an anime. Um, and so this one will have a few more. Uh, it'll have some from the original ones as well. So uh, best anime. Off the top, uh, we have Chainsaw Man. Now, obviously, there's huge hype for Chainsaw Man. So we had to include that. Uh, next, we have uh, Spy Family. Again, uh, I think... Do you want to just kind of say Spy Family as a whole? Because technically, season one and season two were in the same year. 
I mean, honestly, if I was picking one or the other, I would pick the first season. Okay, I feel that's like true. The that's season's... the biggest hype, right? Yeah. So when but, it came out. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's kind of could... unfair to big. To, I'm, yeah. I'm also fine with incorporating the whole thing. That's it fun. doesn't really make a difference. Um, next, we have uh, Mob Psycho uh, Season 3 of Mob Psycho 100. Uh, then we have Cyberpunk, uh, Edge Runners. Uh, Licorice Recoil, those two kind of made it out of the originals because they were so highly uh, enjoyed. I think they, they, they had to be mentioned. I mean, we really did enjoy them all year. Yep. Um, and then another one that's kind of... It's, it's out there. Uh, I think people really enjoyed it. It got good... Uh, reception is Dress Up Darling, uh, My Dress Up Darling. I think that one, I know it's not your traditional one because it is more of a, I guess a, some people might say like not shown any boys type kind of thing. And But I think it did well. I think people really enjoyed it. So I put it up there. And then the one that came out of the most left field is Bochi the Rock. Um, so that one, of course, we, we talked about it in our previous episode of the 2022 uh, fall season. It um you know it came out of left field as this kind of I guess cute girls doing cute things slash character music drama, drama. Slash music, yeah slash. so those are our nominees uh, uh, Logan do, do you want to start knocking off some or have some uh, notable I, mentions I do want to take a second for some notable mentions so your boy Kong Ming which we both really liked yes. Uh, did not quite make it, but is it was uh, very hype. It almost I almost wanted to put it as six man. We had this conversation, but I think when it came out, people really enjoyed it. It was like one of the highest ones, but it just doesn't match up with some of these best yeah, anime. Unfortunately, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Yes, we talked about uh, a couple of times, but unfortunately, like when we look back at the entire season, it actually kind of falls by the wayside, and I think part of that was. It felt very reminiscent of the first season, where it's like it all built to a big fight, and even though the fight was beautiful, it was kind of like, yeah, we've seen this before. Well, I think another thing why I would not necessarily put it up there, not that it's not good, again, it's a wonderful season, I would recommend it all all year long, it's just, it. what really happened besides the entertainment district? Like, that's it, right? I yeah, know that that's what the season the was, but that was the entire time, time and yeah. like... Only after episode like three or four, they were battling that demon for the entire time. I feel you can like, argue that that, as for like progression of story and character, is not up to snuff with some of these. I, I feel like they're trying to milk the cash cow as long as possible. But we'll talk about that. There's nothing wrong with that, man. We'll talk about that another time. But yeah, didn't quite make the top list. Uh, any other ones? Any other notable ones? Do we want to say Gundam? Not really. I mean, I talked about it in the originals where it just kind of kind of stumbled a little bit because um, it didn't get going, I would say. And um, I, I don't think I'd put it. The other one that I would notably say, and I actually think we left it off there. Maybe I deleted it. I'm not sure why Ranking of Kings is not up there. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. I honestly would put that in contention, not as a notable uh, mention, but in actual contention. So if we can... Knock something else off, but I, I do think Rankin and Kings deserves to be talked about. Right. Okay. That's fair. Um, so, Logan, who are we knocking off? All right. So, going down the list, and I guess I'm not doing this in any particular order. I just think there are a few that stand way, way above everything else. All right. So, Dress Up Darling, probably not. Probably not on the list. Ligorous Recoil, I mean... We covered it before. It's really good, but if it's not as good as Cyberpunk, which is the one that went last time, we know that's not going to be on the list. 
Uh, Mob Psycho, God, we love that it was the end of the series season and this entire series as a whole, but it didn't quite have the same impact as it had the first earlier seasons. I will say that it is probably it is a step below season two. Uh, but it's still a wonder. It's, it's kind of hard because you kind of look at it and you say, oh, it had a wonderful ending. But you're looking at it from the grand scheme of the series, not the season. If I yeah. just separated the season out and said the season three delivered the way that some of these other ones do, I don't I don't believe so. So I agree. Um, yeah. So we've got that one. And then Spy Family. We've talked about this a couple of times. Spy Family hit really hard early on. And then as the series kept going... Uh, it actually kind of got less and less interesting because it felt like things just slowed down a lot. And I guess that's where I struggle with it was it's like, if you really want to pick out the first season, it was hot and it was really cool. But as it went on, it's kind of been like, yeah, where's this going? And I think it just lost some of that steam that a lot of the other series kind of were short enough or concise enough to like just keep throughout the entire season. True. Um, all right, so now we're down to Chainsaw Man, Cyberpunk, and Bochi. And oh, and uh, I mean, I had Rankin and Kings in there. I would, I would probably say that's the next one to knock off. Yeah, I um, guess. Yeah, and I think because it out of all the four left, that one had the biggest stumble. Where mid season, it had this weird like, let's bring in like twelve. Uh, like villains and kind of like do a little story about them yeah. where they ended up adding no value at all nothing, to the story. Yeah, nothing like, came of it. They, nothing came of those 12 unless they're going to have a season two where it comes back. But as the season itself, they added zero value and that's where the season kind of stumbled for me. So that's why I would knock it down out of the other three that are left, which are Chainsaw Man, Bochi, and Cyberpunk, who I think did not have a single stumble I think out of those three, I don't think any of them had a stumble throughout the season. Right. So, and this is where we get unfortunate and tough calls. Yes. Like, think... and again, if you pick any of these seven for your best anime of the, se- of the year, you're not wrong. Like, I think all of them are great. And especially if you pick these last three, like, that's it. That's money. Like, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think yeah, I'm I, right. Like, I'm not... it's just preference, right? Yeah, I'm not going to strongly disagree with any of these options because Chainsaw Man, Bochi, and... Uh, cyberpunk are all fantastic um and i can see why some people would prefer chainsaw man or spy or uh sorry cyberpunk over bochi and vice versa and yada yada Uh, i'll just cut to the point uh we're picking bochi aren't we (laughs) i am yeah so i raved about it in our season end of um the last season, so we can talk. You can listen to that if you really want to go into how I feel about it. But essentially, it epitomizes what I love about anime. It, it also, I think, my biggest reason that I gave it is because it came out of nowhere. Like you knew what you were getting with Chainsaw Man because it had a hype manga that everyone was ready for the anime, and that doesn't mean it didn't deliver. It did, and then some. But I just think the fact that. Bochi came out of nowhere and provided us with this story that none of us knew about and we all loved it unanimously basically basically all the way through the season without any flaws I think that's what made it even better for me and nothing against uh, Cyberpunk either I think Cyberpunk is a wonderful story we talked about it as the best original but I just I think I prefer the story of Bochi the Rock honestly like it just it hit me better um I do think that the ending, maybe 
left it a little sour for Cyberpunk. Maybe it left me too sad. I don't know. It's kind of hard. But yeah. I definitely bochi the rock without any question for me. Yeah, I think it's also a thing of expectations. We are trained to expect that this is Trigger. They're going to put out something amazing, and they did. This is his Chainsaw Man. It's been getting hyped up for like two years and or however long, and it's gonna and it better deliver. And then it does. Bochi came out of fucking left field and just fucking kicked you. He just like laid out. Yeah. Diving kicked you across the face. And during like, one of the most hyped seasons, let's not forget about that. It was during the season of uh, Chainsaw Man. It was during the season of Bleach, of Spy Family 2, of Mob Psycho 3, uh, season 3. During all that, Bochi still kept yeah. swinging with these Titans. And if it, even if it had been like a little stumbling block where it's like if they had done the music wrong, I probably would have put Chainsaw Man ahead of it. But like everything they did was like spot on. They just nailed the characters. They nailed what they were doing on stage. Like the comedy was on point. Everything was so fucking good about the show. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if you think Chainsaw Man's better. I, I'm, you're, I'm not gonna argue against. Yeah, oh, it's, it's absolutely taste. I I really enjoyed Chainsaw Man to the to like all the way. Like I, 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 I did enjoy. It. And I guess the other thing is like it's unfortunate for Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk's only gonna get one shot. Chainsaw Man's gonna keep going for a hundred percent certain, and I think you're gonna have more story arcs that are interesting as you go along. But uh, I mean. For what it is, I mean, this particular story arc was not as interesting as what Bochi and those characters yeah, went mean, through this season. And I think it's because it's the introductory art, right? Like the in, like it's, we'll it's get there. Generic shonen. You could yeah, yeah, yeah. you could, I wouldn't say generic. It has tidings to generic shonen, but in in its own season, this season, I think Bochi had the story that hit the best. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Cyberpunk it was too depressing. So yeah, I guess that's our anime of the year. Yeah, it was a crazy year and it was really hard. I will say it was super hard to give some of these awards out because I love them all differently. Um, I enjoyed Cyberpunk differently than I did Bochi and differently than I did Chainsaw Man, but I would put them in the top tier of this season, all in the same tier, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but that's what we're riding with. Someone's anyway. got to win. Someone's got to go back and fuck the cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, what's his name? Sean Connery. Thank you, Sean Connery. But anyway, uh, I think uh, the, you know who is all of us are winners because it was a fantastic year of anime. So That's true. Now, I I got, it all. now that I've got all the cheese out of me. Um, so uh, I think thanks again for our listeners for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the, the year in the past. We're looking forward to the upcoming year. Keep an eye out for our hype for next season. We'll probably just go into next season. Yeah, we'll probably just go straight into next season. Uh, We'll see how 2023 lives up to it. But 2022, like you said, was a wonderful season. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again, everybody. All righty. And uh, shoot us an email if you get a chance at raleighanime at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know if you're absolutely infuriated with our... uh, with our choices and what you would pick, but we I don't wel- care. I welcome it. Um, anyway, <laughs> y'all, until then, y'all have a great rest of your week, guys. Take it easy. Later.